Groundhog Day, of course, a day when we repeat things over and over again, and we're going to begin again in Durham, where the dispute is still ongoing over pay and salary issues that's led to massive walkouts and occasional school closures over the last couple weeks. School board is meeting today at 3 to address and try to resolve that dispute, which originated with a change in the district's salary policy that no longer gives credit for out-of-state experience that effectively amounted to a pay cut for many staffers meeting happening later on today. Staying in Durham, the results are in from Book Harvest's annual Dream Big Book Drive on MLK Day. They collected more than 63,000 book donations to give to kids in need, including more than 20,000 donated just in one three-hour period on January 15th. Benet Hicks of Book Harvest was one of five panelists on yesterday's Forum on the Hill discussion of local nonprofits. You can listen back to that panel at chapelborough.com slash Forum on the Hill. Speaking of which, today is the final day of our week-long forum with 15 hour-long panels on critical issues facing our community. We've done 12 of them already, three more today. Another one of the panels yesterday focused on small businesses, including the Purple Bowl, which is in the process of moving down the road on West Franklin as their current location is about to be turned into a life sciences building. Purple Bowl CEO Paula Gilland had this to say about what small businesses face as they go through moves like that and what local governments could do to help. Change is going to happen. We're, we are evolving. We're becoming a little bit of a bigger place. We're no longer just a little town, Chapel Hill. It's, it's feeling bigger. It's feeling more city-like. So what are we going to do to accommodate that transition and keep these small businesses thriving? And I think one thing that we could do is develop a program within the town where we had a concierge service within the inspections and permitting, helping you navigate these questions so that as you're running a small business and you might have to move or transition to a bigger space or whatever it is, how are you going to run that business and create a new business at the same time? And it would be helpful if the town had people assigned to our businesses. Right now, it's, you know, calling people in the town, hey, do you know where our permit is? Do you know what's happening? It's like, you feel like you're kind of calling in favors. And I think it needs to be a more streamlined process so that we can encourage small businesses to come here and thrive. We also have to figure out how we're going to establish better relationships with Owasa and Orange County Health Department. Because right now you get one set of information from the town, inspections, opening a restaurant. Then you hear from Owasa and the health department different things. So how can we get these groups to work together in a more effective way. That's Paula Gillen speaking there. Again, listen back to all of our previous panels at chapelboroughcom slash forum on the hill and tune in today from three to six for our final round of panels featuring the new mayors of Chapel Hill, Carborough and Hillsborough, officials from Pittsburgh and Mebane and a discussion of the Triangle's local music scene. Over now to UNC, where there's some controversy after protesters briefly disrupted a public event on objectivity in journalism last week. Speakers at that event included former New York Times writer Barry Weiss, who was reportedly heckled by members of UNC's chapter of Students for Justice in Palestine. The students then left and the event continued, but now an advocacy group called Speech First is asking UNC to take disciplinary action against the students. No word yet on whether UNC plans to respond, but their complaint is now making the rounds on right-wing national media. Finally, to Pittsburgh, where town officials are moving forward on a pair of parks projects, a plan to extend a trail through town and one to add bathrooms to an already existing park. Here's Pittsburgh Mayor Kyle Shipp on those. Good news on the, the parks and recreation side. We are going out to bid soon on a 
extension of the Robeson Creek Greenway. So currently it goes from downtown to Small Street. We're going to extend it to the fairgrounds and then eventually extend it to the plant. But that section from Small Street to the fairgrounds uh, is really important for uh, affordable housing and, and upcoming projects. Habitat for Humanity owns a lot of land off of uh, Robert Street there. They're going to be developing soon. And so that'll provide a critical connection for the affordable housing to the fairgrounds and the, the food line going east and then uh, downtown going west all, all on a greenway. I, I think we'll have good progress on that project uh, with shovels in the ground by the end of the year for sure. Just one one last quick parks and rec thing. There's going to be some construction activity imminently, I would say, at Mary Hayes Barber Homes Park behind Powell Place there. And that is uh, bathrooms going in there. So we've, we've worked on that. We've got a donor related to that family that uh, that provided a lot of the money for that project. And so um, soon we'll have uh, flush bathrooms in, in that park as well. And it's Pittsburgh Mayor Kyle Ship speaking there. Listen back to the full conversation in the News on the Hill section of Chapelboro.com and visit Chapelboro for even more local news, including a recap of this week's Carborough Town Council meeting, where council members signed off on a rewrite of the town's business revolving loan policy and approved a measure to rename Phipps Street to Lavender Street. The street's former namesake was Luther James Phipps, who served as Carborough's town attorney, but also took public steps to defend segregation and oppose the civil rights movement in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. Time is 618. Time now for sports. Brought to this hour by Chapel Hill Tire. Carolina women's basketball team put up a fight but came up just short last night in their bid to upset 5th-ranked NC State on the road. 24th-ranked Tar Heels trailed for most of the game. They cut the Wolfpack's lead to three with just a few minutes to go in the fourth, though, but failed to score again for the last three-plus minutes, ultimately losing 63-59. to Deja Kelly led the way with 21 points, 15 of those coming in the third quarter alone but it wasn't quite enough. Speaking with Matt Krause after the game, head coach Courtney Banghart made the best of it. I mean, what a great game. I mean, neither of us shot it very well from three, but, you know, it was kind of blow to blow, which you'd expect in, uh, in just two really good basketball teams. So what a great game for folks to watch. Deja Kelly plays big in big games, doesn't she? She sure does, man. I, you know, I, I know her heart is broken right now as she, you know, continues to fight, but uh, she's a fighter. She'll be back. Courtney Banghart there. Whole team will be back in just a couple of days. Now riding a two-game losing streak, looking to get back on track. Their next game is at home on Sunday, hosting 17th-ranked Virginia Tech at noon. A lot of action on the Tar Heel sports calendar this weekend. UNC Gymnastics is on the road at Pitt tonight. Wrestling team is in Raleigh, facing 8th-ranked NC State tonight at 8.30. Tar Heel women's lacrosse is hosting the All-Star Alumni Game at Dorrance Field tomorrow morning at 11. And UNC men's tennis is up north, facing Illinois tomorrow night at 7. And, of course, Saturday night is Carolina Duke night in men's basketball as the third-ranked Tar Heels host the 7th-ranked Blue Devils at 6.30. Key for the Heels will be figuring out how to stop Duke's Kyle Filipowski, the preseason ACC Player of the Year. He currently leads his team in points and rebounds and blocks per game. Head coach Hubert Davis on Filipowski. You know, just his ability on the offensive end as a 5 is just very difficult because he can handle the basketball. He's almost, he's a point guard. I mean, his ability to be able to pass, he can get a rebound advance the ball up the floor and, and make make plays. Anybody with that type of size, he's aggressive, he can draw fouls, he can shoot from three, he can post up, he can put the ball on the floor. So it's hard to get the ball out of his hands, hard to double him because he can catch the ball and attack in so many different areas. And then on the defensive end, it's just doing a really good job of 
you know, he leads his team in, in blocks, but he's also doing a terrific job of defending without fouling. And so, you know, once again, he's one of the better players in the country and he's having a terrific season and he'll be a, a huge focal point for us on Saturday. That's Hubert Davis there. Head to our website, Chapelboro.com, for more comments from Coach Davis and the players ahead of tomorrow night's game. Tip-off time is 6.30. Of course, we got it all for you here on 97.9 The Hill, starting at 5 with countdown to tip-off. And ESPN Game Day will also be on hand tomorrow morning starting at 11. That's when they go on TV. But if you want to be there live for that, doors at the Smith Center will open at 8.30 a.m. Elsewhere in sports, the UNC baseball team checked in at number 16 in the preseason writers' poll two weeks out from the start of their season. In cross-country, six Tar Heel runners earned NCAA All-Academic honors this week, and the men's and women's teams both got named All-Academic teams by the Coaches Association. All-ACC academic honors went to seven UNC men's soccer players as well, and congrats to a pair of former Tar Heels, Sonia Bright and Mickey Hickerson, just named by UNC as the recipients of this year's Tar Heel Trailblazer. Blazers Award. Hickerson became UNC's first black baseball player in 1969. Bright became UNC's first black softball player in 1990. And yeah, that's not a typo. 1990 was when that happened. That is not long ago.